are in a, a year-long series called Year of the Bible. And in case you're just new here, uh, this is what we're doing. We're following along with the one-year Bible, and, uh, which is a, a, what is it, a translation of the Bible, basically a version of the Bible, where they've taken an old, new, and a psalm and a proverb out of the, out of the scripture, out of the old and new. Old Testament, New Testament, that feels weird. Old and new. What is he talking about? Old Testament, New Testament, Psalm and a Proverb. And, uh, and every day there's a reading. And so by the end of the year, you've read through the whole word of God, which is awesome because whenever you read the word of God in order, especially the New Testament, you get a lot more context. Like whenever you start on point A and you go through you know, to, to Z, you get context. And a lot of times, if you're like me, back in the day, you just like open up the Bible to some random chapter and start reading and you're completely confused and you don't know what's going on, right? What we're doing is we're, we're seeking to bring some context and some order to that as we walk through the word. And, uh, and so we've been in the book of Romans for the last few, few days and few weeks. And, uh, and so that's what we're gonna be doing today. We're gonna be in Romans chapter 12. So if you got your Bible, which is probably like three of you in the room today, you can go and turn to that. Uh, I saw a Bible right there. All right, okay. All right, I got mine. I brought mine today. All right, we got a few of them. Everybody else is like phones and stuff. That's cool. Romans chapter 12, that's where we're going to be. Uh, also, you can look at the Northwood app and look at message notes in there and follow along. But uh, today is going to be really, really, it's going to be very good. All right, now, now, let me just set it up by saying this. Paul is writing this, this letter to the church in Rome. Okay, and he's writing it and he's been setting up a case up until this point. And if you've been reading chapters one through 11, you know what's been going on. See, what's been going on is there's Jews and Gentiles in the church and, and there's some animosity because the Jews think that the Gentiles should operate a certain way and vice versa. So that's creating some problems and, and there's a lot of change happening. There's a lot of confusion. And Paul is trying to bring a lot of clarity to that. Now, I can't go back to the last 11 chapters and recap all of it. Uh, today, whenever we leave, you can go ahead and catch up, all right? Romans 1 through 11. But, uh, but leading up until this point, he's been setting up a case and this is where he's kind of shifting gears, okay? And uh, th really the title of today's message, if I had to give it a title, would be Family Conversation. All right, Family Conversation. It just works out that today's Selfie Sunday and hashtag WeFam. Uh, I don't think we planned that. We might have. I think it was more of an accident. Most things that happen like that are an accident. <laughs> but, uh, but it's called Family Conversation because this is how Paul starts out the whole entire chapter. He says, and so, which really means... So since, because chapters one through 11, all right, since, since you guys believe and agree with that, dear brothers and sisters, which guess what? You're not my brother unless you're my family, right? And so what he's doing is he's establishing right off the bat. He says, and so dear brothers and sisters, basically because of chapters one through 11, family, listen up. All right, so, so today's family conversation and really it's a, we're going to really be talking about this in the context of NC, of Northwood Church. And so, so this is your first time here. Look, you're going to get a little bit of a glimpse into the living room of Northwood. Is that cool? All right. Kind of sitting around the dining room. You know how it is whenever you go, to, go over to a friend's house and uh, like they do things differently. And so you first show up. Like I had a friend and uh, a military family, very, very strict. And uh, whenever you went to his house, uh, you at least wore socks. Like at least you wore, that was the bare minimum. Even that was kind of questionable. You wore shoes or some sort of foot covering while you were in the house. So I walk up in there barefoot. I'm like, all right. And his dad was like, uh, 
Jordan, if you wouldn't mind at least putting some socks on. I was like, and then we sat around the table and they actually had manners, you know? I'm like, ooh, potatoes. And they're like, excuse, pardon my reach. I'm like, I'm okay. I don't know what that means, but uh, you know, it's kind of learning the rules of the house, right? And that's kind of what I believe Paul's doing here. He's, he's kind of bringing everybody into order. He's, he said all these great news about Jesus, and he set up the fact that we are justified by, by grace, all right? That there's nothing that we can do to, to deserve salvation. We are diabolically opposed to, to God because of the sin that we're born into. He set up all of this, but then he's always pointing to the good news, which is the message of Jesus. And that's what we're doing today. We're talking about the good news of Jesus. Everything that we do always points to Jesus. And in case you haven't figured that out yet, every, every week we come together, we talk about Jesus. Because without him, this is pointless, right? So, and so, dear brothers and sisters, then he goes on, he says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Now, when he says bodies there, I don't want you to just picture your physical body, although that's, that's what he's referring to. He's also basically saying, if you go back to the Greek and do some word study, really, you could look at it this way. Give your rescued lives. Give your, your rescued existence, all that you are, not just Sunday morning, not just a piece of the puzzle, but all that you got. You know, I don't know how many of you are like, whenever you eat, you like all of your peas and everything to be separated. You know what I'm saying? Where like you compartmentalize it. I know a guy that uh, he actually mixes it all together. I'm talking even dessert. Just let that sink in. All right. I'm talking like steak, peas, mashed potatoes, and then some chocolate cake up in there. I've seen it with my own eyes. It's true. All right. It scarred me. That was like 15 years ago and I still, it get queasy, right? He just mixes it all together. And, and, and honestly, I kind of picture that in a, in a really nice way, all right? When Paul says that, he's like, take your life, take all that you are and like put it all together. Give it all to God. Don't segment. Don't segment your life. Sacrif- give your life as a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable, this is truly the way to worship him. Another version talks about it being your reasonable form of service. The way that I read this and the way that I see this is Paul is saying, hey, look, because of all that God has done for you, the least that you could do, the most reasonable thing you could do is give it right back to him. We do it in society. If somebody saves your life, if somebody saves you, the rescue you, what, what a lot of times do people say, man, I owe you, I owe you everything. And we can see that, you know, you watch a movie and it's like, you saved me. I go, you know, pledge my allegiance to you. But yet when it comes to our walks with God, sometimes we kind of forget that. So he says, give your rescued existence, give everything you are back to God. He says, this is truly the way to worship him. And so he set this up and we've set this up today that what we're going to talk about is to the family of God. All right, you are a brother and sister in Christ if you have received this message of Jesus. So, so most of us in this room are in the family of God, okay? And so because of that, assuming that, he's now gonna take some, some more steps. And this is kind of where he gets to the rules of the house. So we're gonna cover four, four rules of the house. And this is four, four rules of the house that apply to the body of Christ in general, but also for us specifically at Northwood, we're gonna look at what it looks like for us and how it translates for us, okay? So the first rule of the house is this, is we don't copy. We don't copy. It's Romans 12, chapter two says this, 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He says, we're not gonna look like the world. We're gonna be different. We're not gonna copy the customs and the behavior of the world. Now look, as Christians, we are gonna be different. We're gonna be different than culture. And, and that has to be okay. You with me? Yes. Like it, it has to be okay with you as a brother and sister in Christ that you will look different than those who don't know God. I think some people have a problem with that. Like as a Christian, they feel like they just need to blend in 100%. And like in every category, they try to find common ground with everything. You do realize that at some point there is a dividing line where, where if you do cross that line, you have now begun to copy the customs and the behavior of the world. Okay, now I think that whenever we receive Jesus, like it says here, how God begins to transform your life. I believe that God begins to change our mind and change our desires to where at some point you don't even wanna look like the world. Like you embrace being different. I'm not talking about style. Some people think looking like the world is this big style thing, like the style of a church or something. That's not what it's talking about. He's talking about the behavior and the customs, the way that the world's morals operate, the moral code, so the, the, the worldly wisdom, the Bible refers to it. Actually, the Bible says that worldly wisdom is demonic, right? It's, 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 it's totally contrary to God. And Paul's saying, hey, look, guys, don't act like that. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Be different and actually embrace your difference, you have to be okay with that because as you know God more, you want to be more like him and God doesn't look like the world. All right? He doesn't look like the world. And at Northwood, you know, really what we want to do is, is serve people well and help people to know God because I believe as you know God more, I believe that you draw closer to him. And I believe that this copying the behavior and the customs of the world, it becomes smaller. It becomes a smaller issue because a lot of this has to do with do's and don'ts. You know what I'm talking about? A lot of it's like, oh, don't do this, don't do that, versus knowing God more. It's where religion gets involved, where we begin to, we try to please men versus saying, man, am I, am I pleasing God? Is he transforming me into a new creation, into a new person? And then he says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So number one, we don't copy. Northwood we don't copy the behaviors of the world, all right? We're different. We're okay with that. We're unapologetic about it. I mean, look, they might be posting everything out there and saying this is what culture says, and we're just like, the Bible doesn't say that. So we choose the word of God, you know? We don't have to be jerks about it, right? But it's just confident in our hope in Christ. Verse 3 goes on, and this is the next thing says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. The second thing is we are honest. We don't copy and we are honest. All right, how many of you think that you're a very dishonest person? You don't have to raise your hand. But right, like I, just, I just pretty much justify everything I do, right, all the time. Here at Northwood, we're gonna be honest. 
Number one, we're gonna be honest with ourselves. I think some people are not honest with where they're at in life and therefore they don't have a good evaluation of where they're at in life. They're not, they're not good at evaluating where they're at with their walk with God. And you know what? I think that's why we need people around us. I think that's why we need people around us who know God and who challenge us in areas of our life. That's why we have small groups. We have small groups here and, and, and many of you are, are not in small groups. And I think it's because you don't see the value in small groups because you don't understand what it, what, it, what it does for you, how it encourages you whenever you get around other believers, how it encourages your faith, how it, challenge you, it challenges you to the core when you're around other believers. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. And that's what good relationships do for you. Small groups. It's a place where you can be honest. Come on, I don't know how many of you men in here have been coming here on Wednesday, Sunday nights at 5.30 for the Conquer series. But if you haven't, tonight at 5.30, you have plans. And it's to be here, okay? It has been phenomenal. And uh, what we're doing is we're, we're watching a video and it's talking about purity and uh, being a man and being pure. And then we have uh, some, some round tables and we're having some conversations. And in those conversations, people are being set free of weights that they've been carrying for a very, very, very long time some things they've never told anybody else. That's right. And what's happening is they're being honest. Like try being honest for a change, right? They're being honest and God is doing some great things. And that's what Paul's like, guys, look, don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. I don't think he's like harsh on them. I think he's like, man, if you're honest, like it's gonna be better. Like it's gonna be better for you if you're honest. And so, so he's pleading with them in all these things. So I plead with you today, guys, look, let's be honest. Let's be honest with where we're at as a church. Let's be honest with where we're at as individuals. Let's not come each week and sit on the, the chair for an hour and, and 10 minutes and then roll out and just kind of like soothe our consciences. Let's be honest with where we're at. Y'all with me on that? Come on, let's be honest. Be honest about not being honest, about not being honest. Verse four, this is the third thing. And this is, we play our part. We all play our part. Listen to this. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing different things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you the leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Can I just take a second and just kind of break open these scriptures and what it looks like here at this church? I got a question for you. Have you ever done one of those puzzles where I'm talking like, not like the six piece puzzle, like preschool stuff. I'm talking like the thousand piecer. You know what I'm talking about? The, the big, huge puzzle. And it's usually this very intricate, beautiful picture. And you spend weeks putting it together, depending on how like faithful you are at it, right? Maybe a year for some of you. It's collecting dust. I don't know. But we did that one time as a family. And we were so excited about it. And you know, we got to the very end where, I mean, like you wanna put that last piece, right? 
And we got there, we had the boxes, we're putting them together, we're like, oh. And we got to a place where we had no more pieces of the puzzle in the box, but yet we were missing a couple of pieces of the puzzle in the picture. Do you know how disheartening that is? How disappointing, such a letdown. We got to the end and we didn't have all the puzzle pieces to create the image that was supposed to be created. How useless is a puzzle piece, a puzzle that doesn't have all the puzzle pieces? Like that's what you find like on Craigslist or something. You know what I'm talking about? Like, would you like a puzzle that's missing pieces? Of course not. Burn it. Use it as fire starter. It's useless, okay? <laughs> this church is a puzzle. This church is a puzzle, and every single one of you is a puzzle piece. And like, if I could look at every single one of you, that would, it might take a while, right? But I genuinely mean that. Every single one of you is a puzzle piece that whenever we all play our part and we all fit in together, we create this image that God is wanting to display to South Mississippi. Amen. I'm telling you, yeah. And what happens is a lot of people don't see the value of what they bring to the table. And so you feel like showing up on a Sunday and sitting in a, in a chair is like all that you're really worth. Like, like oh, this is just, man, they, they got it. They got it, going, they, they got it. Like we just talked about Infuse a while ago. Let's just, let's just practically play this out. So you see the band up here and the vocals. And there's a lot of people who have the ability and the talent and the heart really to be a part of this team. But what is it? Ah, oh, they don't need anybody. And, and the worship team that's out in the crowd right now would be like, please, <laughs> please help. <laughs> you know, why? Because you're absolutely needed. And there's tons of areas in this church that need you. Amen. See, when everybody doesn't see their value and they're not employed and they're not volunteering and they're not serving in the kingdom of God, the weight of the ministry because all this is about ministry, which is meeting the needs of people, by the way. All right, this isn't so it looks really cool on a Sunday. This is about meeting the needs of people. The type of people that I text week in and week out who are in the hospital right now, whose, whose uh, you know, family members are dying of cancer, who need somebody to help. That's called ministry. It's meeting the needs of people, okay? And, and, and people don't see that. They think, oh, they got it. And they don't realize that the weight of all of that ministry is gonna fall on a few faithful people versus it being diversified between all the people that are here. All the different gifts and the talents and the experiences. Some of your stories have got to be told to people. Some of you have had miraculous things take place in your life. God is doing things inside of you and you're just holding it to yourself really being very, very selfish with it. And I know there's reasons why we can't play our part. I know that, look, like the kids have a lot of stuff going on, right? I understand they, they travel and you got this happening and that. There's school, school's about to start. I'm gonna wait till school starts and then we'll start playing our part. Like, like I gotta wait for the finances just to get a little bit better and then I'll start being able to play my part. Like, I just give me, give me another year. It's already been five. Give me another year. Like, just give me some time. I just need to, I just need to what? I just need to sit in the box as a puzzle piece 
whenever the puzzle is sitting there needing me to fill the spot that I've been created, designed by God to fill, it's a value thing. You don't see your value. I don't think it's because you're lazy. I don't think it's because you're being a punk, okay? I don't think it's like, I don't wanna be a part, whatever. You come every week. I think it's you don't realize the value that you bring to the table. Man, what a deceptive place to be. That sounds like something the enemy would love to do. Because Paul said that God has given you these gifts, okay? Like God has designed you with these gifts. So if God has given you a gift, a talent, an ability, a puzzle piece to, to, to fill, right? A, but then through, through life, through whatever, you feel disqualified not to play your part. Doesn't that sound like something that the enemy would do? I'm telling you, that's exactly what he does. No, 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 it's fine. You're showing up each week. You're in church, it's fine. Just sit and be tame. Just, just, just settle. Whenever people need you. I'm not talking about people on the stage either. I'm, I'm talking about maybe the person sitting next to you. Like maybe they need somebody to call them and actually care for them. Maybe you need to be a small group leader and have 10 people that you're pouring your life into. Yes, it's sacrifice. Y yeah, it, it takes time. And we're gonna talk about that in a second, but it's, you gotta think of it this way. I'm playing my part. I'm playing my part. So today I want you to be challenged to play your part. I want you to be challenged to realize that you have value and that there is a place for you here. And we're talking about how it plays out in Northwood. Okay, many churches have different ways of playing it out. But, but here at Northwood, we believe that everybody should discover their purpose. We believe that everybody should make a difference. So if you're here today and you're not playing your part and you're like, man, it's time. First step, growth track. That's your first step. It's a four-week class. And many of you have heard it on the screens, but you still don't know when it starts. And you're like, ah, look, it starts next Sunday on the other side of this wall. It's four weeks. 11 o'clock, you can keep your kids in the kids' ministry. You're going to learn everything about the church. You're going to learn about how you can be involved. You're going to learn about how God has designed you, all right? And then you're going to get employed in the kingdom of God. These services don't just happen. It takes hundreds of people every single week to make this right here happen, all right? It's so nice and peaceful. Go on the other side of that wall right now. <laughs> There's some children over there, man, and they are, uh, they are stinky, all right? <laughs> I felt like Nacho. I think that was Nacho. And they are stinky. We just watched Nacho Libre as a family the other day, and so I have him in my mind right now. I don't know where that came from. That was first, I don't know. But he says this. He says, if God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And I think also that's another, another place. Value, see the value that you have, and then take it seriously. I just want to challenge you to do that, all right? So we're honest. We don't copy. We play our part. And this last part, last section of scriptures is we don't pretend. We don't pretend. I want to read some scriptures, and then we're going to watch a video together. Verse 9 says this. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Can we just kind of take a moment there? Don't pretend to love other people. Like, really love them. Don't say you're going to do something and then not follow through with it. Don't, don't ask, say, tell somebody, hey, man, if I can do anything, let me know. And then when they call you, 
you're like, oh, ignore, right? Like voicemail will get them, right? He says, don't just say you're gonna love people, really love them. And you know what love a lot of times looks like? It looks like time. It does. I think that's the most important commodity that we have. We're okay with throwing money at things, but when you ask me to give my time to something, now we've gotten in a whole nother, whole nother universe, all right? Because my time is my life. But he says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. I think about the serve day that we had a few weeks ago where, you know, we do a serve day once a year and uh, we had a couple hundred people show up and, and we did some really cool things in the, uh, in the schools and uh, really met some, some needs, worked hard. If you were out there, you know, it was a little hot. It was a little hot. <laughs> but you know, we honestly should have had about 800 people. You know, and, and so, so just think about what you did on serve day that morning and like compare it to, to what, where you should have been and, and just let that just kind of, uh, because guys, we don't want to be a church that says a bunch of stuff and then doesn't follow through with it. We don't want to do that. That's called lip service. That's very disappointing. So let's be challenged to not just pretend we love people, but actually go out and do some stuff about it. Amen? All right. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. It's not, oh, I got to go serve today. It's, man, I get to go serve. Yes. Right? Enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I wanted to show you guys what this looks like in action at Northwood. We got a story of a couple in our church. So we're gonna go ahead and show that to you right now. Let's go ahead and play that. I'm Adriana Posmoga, and I um, stay at home with my daughter full time and love being a mother. And I'm Zachary Posmoga, and I'm a Navy CB. We were newly baptized and married prior to getting here. We were trying to build. We got a little bit from our church where we got baptized, but then I left, we left, so we needed to find a place where we could continue in those growth and then And we really safe, felt yeah. like it was home, um, to be honest, when we first walked through the doors. Both of our families are away, out of state, and we just, we feel like this church is where we belong. We deployed last summer. It was really hard. I was definitely not looking forward to it, wondering if he would be able to make it home for the birth of our firstborn. That was tough. <laughs> That's a story in itself right there. In January, I was planning to come home and there was rumors that there was a possibility that the Navy would let me come. We bought a plane ticket from Guam to Gulfport. And then somewhere down the line, as we were getting closer to leave, they pulled the plug, said there was gonna be no, absolutely no leave, no way to come back. I was super, nervous um, because he wasn't coming home and so I thought um, you know I know I have the Lord by my side but who's physically going to be there to you know help encourage me to make me calm my nerves and help me through the pain. Jessica um, Wojnarski and Sanja Daniels 
um, showed up for me. You know, was that Skyped in and Sandra was with the computer and for hours, I mean, I think Jessica got there about three or four o'clock in the afternoon and I ended up not having her till three in the morning. It was a blessing and I just had a, a feeling that I needed to be part of a church where something like this could take place. You know, we, we know we have a lot of acquaintances, but all of our, our really, really good close friends are through the church. I wanted to show you that video because I think it, it perfectly illustrates what it looks like to love people and what it looks like to be a part of a family and the sacrifice that it takes, all right? The investment that it takes from both sides. You see, there's, there's some of you today that like you're very new here and it's gonna take investment from you to connect to this church. We're talking to the church today. Is that okay? Family conversation, right? It's going to take investment from you. I've heard a lot of people say, man, it's so hard to get to know people. I just, I've been coming for a few weeks. I just, I don't feel like I know anybody. And I'm like, well, man, have you, have you been through growth track yet? No. Well, have you, have you joined a small group? No. Man, have you, has there been any in, kind of an engagement? Not really. Then you're going to get out what you put in, right? So it's going to take investment from, from you. Maybe you've only been here for a few months, but also from you that have been here a long time. It's going to take receiving people. We're like Lego pieces, y'all. We're all like Lego pieces. And, and each Lego piece only has a certain amount of like, you know, little poles, right? To where you, come, you got some that's got the two and you got something that's like 25, right? It's just this giant piece. But all of us are a Lego piece. And, and a Lego piece can only receive so many connections before it's full. Those connections are people, relationships. And some of you, like you've been here for a while, you've got good connections. Your, your plate is full. You are fulfilled in your relational connections, you know, puzzle pieces. But there's some people here who are not. And what you have to do is you have to undo some of those. You have to make room for other people to be included in what's going on. We're never going to be a cliquish church. We're never going to be a church that when you walk in and you walk up to a seat, you know, and you sit down like you're a new person, and then you have a person that walks up and goes, and they sit there and they look at you. Like that's, that's usually where I sit. That's, that's my seat. That's, that's my seat. How's it going? Yeah, I, I just sat here today because my seat's taken, <laughs> right? Some of y'all been places like that before. Never, 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 never. Come on. We got to be a church where we're, we're willing to go the extra mile. We're willing to sacrifice time and effort and include people in what's going on. You know why? Because people need to know God. Because people need to find freedom. Because people need to discover purpose and people need to make a difference. And we're called to this, guys. So today, let's receive this challenge from Romans 12. All right? We're not going to copy the behavior of the world. We're going to be honest with each other. We're going to play our part. Some of you today, it's time to play your part. And then we don't pretend we follow through. But the whole entry point to this message today is the first part. And so, dear brothers and sisters, some of you today, you're not a brother, you're not a sister. 
You know it. Like you're not in the family of God. There hasn't been a moment in your life where you have surrendered your heart to God and received Jesus, received the free gift of salvation into your life. And, and like it's cool to come to church, but that's not where it ends, okay? There has to be a connection with you and your God, not with just a, a body, not with just a, a group of people. And so I wanna encourage you today, if that's you and you're, and you're here and you don't know God, I wanna encourage you to start that relationship. I'm gonna give you a, an opportunity and a moment to do that. And, and just to kind of preface it, I'm not gonna bring it to the front of the room or embarrass you in any way, but in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because I believe that there's something powerful about admitting, all right? We just talked about being honest, all right? Being, having you know, an honest evaluation of where you're at. And I believe it takes a lot of honesty to raise your hand and say, that's me, I don't know God, but I want to, amen? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Nobody's looking around. If you're in this place right now and you don't know God, you're far from him. You know that you're not in the family of God, but you want to be. God is drawing you today by his love and his grace. Right now, if that's you, I want you to go ahead and lift your hands all over the place. Come on, raise them up. I see. Yep. 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 Yeah, I see you over here, sir. Who else? Come on. I see you over here. Come on, it's time. I see you, ma'am. See you right here. Come on, God's grace is sufficient for you. It's in the Bible. Look, there's no, there's no sin too great. There's no amount of chances that you've been given that you've ruined that can separate you from the grace of God. I see you back there, ma'am. Some of you, I believe, I believe that you, you, you've had a relationship with God at some point. And so it's not that you've never prayed. It's not that you've never tried, but you've just sort of walked away. You sort of just shirked that responsibility that we talked about. I see you, man. And today, God's just bringing you back. Anybody out there like that, I just wanna pray with you. I see you. I see you guys over there. Yep, I see you right here. Right here in the front. Right here, I see you, man. I see you, man. Yep. Come on, today's a new day. You're starting a new journey, a journey of hope and purpose. The enemy has a plan for your life, and it's to kill, steal, and destroy everything you got. But God's got a plan for you, and it's, it's a plan to accomplish what he has for you. It's a life of purpose and hope. What we're gonna do is I'm gonna pray. And as I pray, I want you just to agree and even pray yourself to your God. Let's give our hearts to him right now. Father, I come before you humbly broken. God, with all my successes and all my failures, all the good and the bad. And I, I, God, I just place that at your feet right now. God, I, I exchange it for your righteousness. God, you promised your righteousness to me. And God, I receive it right now. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me, to pay the price of sin that I could not pay myself, for justifying me, for making me right with you when there was nothing I could do about it. God, I thank you for it. I pray that you fill my life. God, that you cleanse me from all unrighteousness, cleanse me from all sin, all hate, all anger. God, I wanna live a new life. I wanna be a new creation. I want you to transform the way that I think, transform the way that I operate, God. Let me live for your glory. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Come on, can we give it up for all those who got saved today? Yes. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.